0: Good morning, everyone. I just want to start off by saying how glad I am that I'm a Christian. And what a great life we have as Christians. You know, I, uh, I wake up in the morning, and I don't know what you got in your backyard, but I got a pool in my backyard. It's a pool full of God's grace. And the first thing I do in the morning is I get out there and I just jump into it. And I get all wet and wrapped up into the grace of God. And then I'm off into my day. And, you know, to have God and have Jesus and have the church and a church like this in my life, I just feel it's just awesome just to be a Christian and just to be able to be here with you here today. So uh, I wanted to say a few words. Uh, I wanted to mention Brian and Erica. Uh, thank you guys so much for the way that you blessed our lives. And uh, uh, in the last year that I've been here, you've really had a profound impact on me, uh, not just through your worship team leading, your beautiful voices, uh, uh, all of that, but Brian, through your preaching as well. Thank you for the messages you brought. I feel like uh, I know every one of your weaknesses, your sins, uh, the marriage problems that you've had, uh, you know, and all the failures in your life. I'm sure you've got other things in your life beyond that, uh, but uh, you've shared very openly about those. and. You know, uh, I'm sure the young people really loved your messages. Uh, That was great. Us old people, maybe a little, we were a little bit detached. He was like, he's showing pictures up there, and and he's playing a game, and we we weren't quite sure exactly what all that meant, but but it was great to uh, have you preach, and thank you for your service, and best of luck down there in San Antonio. What's new in my life is uh I reached level 62 in the game of life recently. Uh my brother my son uh got a job by putting on his application uh, that he was a grandmaster roadhog main in Overwatch. Uh and so for those of you do does anybody know Overwatch uh, and uh how is uh how good is grandmaster roadhog main? Is that a good level? Mm, okay. All right but he's not level sixty two in life yet so uh, so I've got that o- over him um, i so as a result of that, a few months ago, I started rocking a comb over for the first time in my life uh, for those of you for the for those of you down here in the first few rows, a comb over is where you continually kind of move your part further and further to the side and kind of comb it over, and eventually the comb over becomes a comb around, also called the president, <laughs> uh, is is what happens with that. Uh, I've uh, put on about 10 pounds in the last few months, so I'm not feeling real good about that, uh, so I, I just, um, I don't know, I think it's the stress of life and all of that, getting old, and Uh, All that. Anybody else gain any weight in the last few months? Uh, Yeah, okay. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever wanted to kill somebody? I I mean, kill somebody. There's been at least two times in my life. I'm going to share about those in my sermon a little bit later, just so you know. The uh, title of my lesson, let's go ahead and get it up there, is Perspective, the Secret Ingredient to Every Spiritual Breakthrough. This is not the kind of lesson, I think this is not the kind of lesson you're going to go, this is a thinker. This is something for you to go home and later on, you know, you think about your life, you think about the spiritual breakthrough that you want, and it'll, it, it will help you with that. Uh, as I study through the Scriptures and I consider my own life, and I've done a lot of reading and research and counseling throughout my years, is what, what I've what I learned is that when people have a real spiritual breakthrough, the ingredient that is always there is perspective, a change in perspective. They change the way they look at themselves, God, their situation, Whatever it is. And once that happens, the breakthrough can begin to happen with that. Um, So Psalm 73 is our scripture. And in Psalm 73, we're going to see a guy right before our very eyes have a spiritual breakthrough by changing his perspective. Psalm 73, I'm going to read the whole psalm to you. I'm going to read it in the message version of the Bible. Psalm 73 by Asaph. No doubt about it, God is good. Good to good people, good to the good hearted. But I nearly missed it. Missed seeing his goodness, I was looking the other way, looking up to the people at the top, envying the wicked who have it made, who have nothing to worry about, not a care in the whole wide world. Pretentious with arrogance, they wear the latest fashions in violence, pampered and overfed, decked out in silk bowls of silliness. They jeer using words to kill. They bully their way with words. They're full of hot air, loud mouths disturbing the peace. And people actually listen to them. Can you believe it? Like thirsty puppies, they lap up their words. What's going on here? Is God out to lunch? Nobody's tending the store. The wicked get by with everything. They have it made, piling up riches. I've been stupid to play by the rules. What has it gotten me? A long run of bad luck, that's all. A slap in the face every time I walk out the door. If I'd given in and talked like this, I would have betrayed your dear children. Still, when I tried to figure it out, all I got was a splitting headache. Until I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I saw the whole picture. The slippery road that you've put them on. With a final crash in the ditch of delusions. In the blink of an eye, disaster. A blind curve in the dark and nightmare. We wake up and rub our eyes and nothing. There's nothing to them and there never was. When I was beleaguered and bitter, totally consumed by envy, I was totally ignorant. A dumb ox in your very presence. I'm still in your presence, but you've taken my hand. You've wisely and tenderly led me and then you bless me. You're all I want in heaven. You're all I want on earth. When my skin sags and my bones get brittle, God is a rock firm and faithful. Look, those, of, those who left you are falling apart, deserters. They'll never be heard from again. But I'm in the very presence of God. Oh, how refreshing it is. I've made the Lord God my home. God, I'm telling the world what you do i needed a breakthrough he was in this spot where he was envying everybody around him he was looking at how people who were doing bad were getting good things happening in their life they were getting rich and they were getting successful and they had good health and here he was sick and poor and broke and, and in trouble and he looked and he said i just hate this life i'm living i don't want i don't understand it why is this happening to me this is terrible I've tried to be good. I've tried to play by the rules. I've tried to do the way God wanted me to do. And this is the thanks I get. All this failure and poverty and sickness in my life. And you need a spiritual breakthrough. Where did he get it? When I went to the house of God, right? When I went to the house of God, that's where I got my, my breakthrough. And that's where he got his perspective to change. And he saw it all from a different perspective, and it changed his life. He had to change his perspective, change his point of view. What do you need to break through this morning in? What area of your life are you looking for? Maybe, maybe you're not. Maybe everything is good. You don't really need a breakthrough. There's nothing in your life that you really are happy with your life. That's great. Take notes on this message. You'll use it some other time in your life. But if you're looking for a spiritual breakthrough, let me ask you where is it? What question? What, what area of life? Maybe it's a breakthrough in your marriage. You're gonna have to change your perspective. Maybe it's a breakthrough with your parenting. Maybe it's some bad habit or sin that you're trying to overcome. Maybe it's a relationship that you're having a problem with. Maybe it's your financial life, your career, your work. You need a breakthrough. I'm going to help you with that today. Let's start off by talking about what prevents us from having uh, perspective in our life. What causes us to lose perspective in our lives? First of all, pain. When we are in pain it's very difficult to gain perspective on our life. When we're having emotional pain or physical pain, it's very difficult to have perspective. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 8-10, through Paul was having trouble getting perspective in his life over the physical challenges that he was having. The Bible says that he had this thorn in the flesh, some kind of physical pain that he was going through. And he goes to the Lord and he prays about it. And he says, Lord, I want this this to be taken away from me. But God didn't take it away. So he went back the second time and he prayed, God, I want you to take this away. And God didn't take it away. And the third time he went back and he prayed, he said, God, my perspective on this is I want you to take this pain away from me. And God said, listen, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. And that's how you need to start looking at this physical suffering in your life. And he changed and he transformed his perspective and had a spiritual breakthrough in his physical health. You know, that's one of the things that um, why my wife, Barb, is on my Hall of Fame of of Christians. Uh, It's a very exclusive group. There's about 12 people in it. Uh, She is in my Christian Hall of Fame as one of the best Christians I've ever known and The reason for that is because, one of the reasons for that is because of the way she's handled the health challenges in her life. She's really worked hard to gain a perspective on them, and it's really been impressive to me to see how she's done that and really had a spiritual view of the physical challenges that that she has. Emotional pain causes us to lose perspective. You do stupid things when you get embarrassed, don't you? When someone embarrasses you, husband, when you embarrass your wife, or wife, when you embarrass your husband, that that causes them to lose perspective and do stupid things. When we get embarrassed, we lose perspective. Physical or emotional pain. Fear causes us to lose perspective. This is a big one with parents. We lose our perspective as parents. We act out of a bad perspective as parents because we're scared of what's going to happen with our kids. We're, living our, we're, we're parenting out of fear. We've got to change that perspective, but fear can cause us to change our perspective. Anger can cause us to lose our perspective. Remember in Gamaliel in Acts chapter 5, verse 32, he was standing there before the Sanhedrin, and they were all like, let's crucify Jesus. Let's kill him. Let's put him on a cross. Come on, let's go. Angry, angry mob. And Gamaliel stopped everybody and said, listen, listen, guys. If he's not from God, he's going to go away like everybody else. If he is from God, then we probably shouldn't kill him. And he asked and he pleaded for a different perspective in that situation. Of course, they ignored him, went ahead, went ahead and crucified Jesus, but he appealed for a change of perspective in that. When you have an intense desire in your life, you lose perspective. If you have an intense sexual desire, it's very hard to keep your perspective. If you've got an intense desire for money or attention or approval, if that's what's driving you in your life, that's going to be really hard for you to get a perspective in your life. But if you can gain perspective, that changes everything. If you can gain a different perspective. I want to encourage you to do a Bible study where you go through each of the fruit of the Spirit. love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And look at how perspective makes all the difference in the world at each one of those. If you want to have any of those, you've got to have perspective in your life. Is that all making sense to you guys? Am Am I connecting here or not? Okay. All right, I'm going to finish the sermon. Uh, keys to gaining perspective. Let's talk about that. How do you gain perspective in your life? Number one, you've got to have. It's got to be intentional. If you want to change the perspective in your spiritual life, it's got to be intentional. I want to share with this about with uh, my our marriage. The first mm, seven to ten years, maybe Barb, you could correct me on that, of our marriage were really rough and rocky bad patterns. Uh, She would say something that would hurt my feelings, and instead of me, you know, the way I reacted to that was I would get quiet and withdraw from her, and when I would draw from her, it would make her feel scared, and so she would then, you know, be angry with me again, which would make me draw nearer, further away from her, and there was this and this really negative kind of cycle that we had within our marriage. It wasn't that it was all bad all the time, but, you know, uh, we had some problems in our marriage too, brother. And one day we just decided, we sat down and we talked and we said, you know, we have to change the way we approach our marriage. We, we just got to do something different here. And, and we prayed about it and we talked about it and we began to get some outside help with it. And the main, as I look back on it now, one of the main things that allowed us to really transform our marriage for the last 20, 25 years, is that is that we changed the way that we, our perspective on the marriage. Instead of me looking at in a moment like, why is she being so, why is she treating me that, that way, and kind of shutting down, I was able to step outside of that, gain a little perspective, and actually ask myself, why is she treating me that way? Why is she doing that? And, not, and actually want to know the answer to that question instead of it being out of self-pity. She was able to take a step back and kind of see the dynamic from a different perspective as well. And it, just changing that perspective began to change the dynamic in our marriage and gave us a great breakthrough. But we had to decide to do that. So the first key is that if you ha- it has to be intentional. It has to be a decision. You've got to decide, I don't like this thing going on in my life, and I'm going to change the way I look at it. I don't like the way that I'm sinning like this. I'm going to change the way I look at it. I don't like the way that I'm acting around my kids. I'm going to change the way I look at this. You gotta, that, that's kind of the first step in all of this. It's intentional. It's decisive. I remember another time when I had to change the perspective in my life, it was with the uh, area of anger. With my wife, my anger would show up as withdrawal, uh, as pulling away from her, kind of ignoring her, getting into my man cave and shutting down. With my kids, it was the exact opposite. When they would scare me, they would do something and I would get scared that that behavior was going to bring something bad into their lives. And and so I got scared and that scared that fear turned into anger and I would lash out at them and I would yell at them and I would kind of get up in their face and be really mean to them. And one there was a Sunday that Nick Young uh say what you will about Nick Young, you help me with this. He came to he came to where we were living and he was preaching on a Sunday and that day, and the day before I had done I had that with one of our kids. I had kind of blown up and gotten angry, lost my temper with them. And, and, I, and we went out for lunch after church, and I just confessed it to him. I said, I did this, I did this, she said that. And I feel so terrible, and I don't know how to make it better. And I feel like I'm ruining my relationship with my kids, and I don't know what to do. And, and he, uh, I don't anybody here know Nick, Nick Young, new Nick? Nick goes, brother, right here, right now. I want you to make a commitment before God that you're never going to lose your temper with your children again. And I was like, okay. I'll do that. I'll do that. But that's not going to be easy. I had to make a decision that I was going to really get into where my anger was coming from, really try to understand it. And I made the commitment and been a time or two since then that that I wasn't able to keep that promise, but by and large, it really was a moment of transformation. It was a spiritual breakthrough for me because somebody confronted me and and said, you've got to decide you're going to change your perspective about your children. And uh, so it's intentional. It's decisive. You've got to do that. Number two, prayer. Nothing nothing I don't know how to do it besides prayer. I can't, I can't tell you any other way. If you don't pray, you can't change your perspective. What about Asaph? What did he say? Until I entered the house of God, that's when I saw things differently. That's when I saw things how they really were, not how I perceived them to be. Jesus, you know, Jesus never lost his perspective one time in his entire life. But the closest he ever came to losing his perspective was when he was about to get nailed to the cross. And he was in the garden the night before, and, and, and his, his, the perspective that he was wanting to have is, I don't want to do this. This is going to hurt. This is going to be painful. There's got to be another way to do this. And so he goes to God, and he prays to him. God, let's, is there another way to do this? Is there another way to do this? And he goes back, and he prays again. And like Paul, goes back and prays the third time. The third time he prayed, God gave him the answer that he was looking for. He comes back and he said, rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Let's get it on. I'm ready to go die for the people of the world now. But he had to change his perspective, and he changed his perspective through prayer. Another another failure in my life. This gets back to when I wanted to kill somebody. There's only been two people in my life that I wanted to kill. One was you, Darvish after last year's World Series. <laughs> Those of you who don't know, you, Darvish was a pitcher that the Dodgers acquired uh, right before the trade deadline who was supposed to be some real big, hot uh, all-star and they got him so that they would get him through and finally win the world championship. And he didn't lose one of the World Series games. He lost two World Series games, costing us a lifelong Dodger fan the chance at winning the, the, uh, the, the World Series. I hated him. And I wanted to kill him. My wife, to this day, can she? I'm sorry, honey. I just got. I'm just talking about all my, my weaknesses here. That's that's what it is. The other guy I wanted to kill was many years ago in the ministry. Um, I was leading a ministry at the time, and, and you know ministries, as you may or may not know, have seasons. Sometimes it's green and everything's going good, and the worship team is great, and everybody loves each other, and it's, the church is growing, and everybody's happy, and that's a great time. Other times it's other seasons: winter, fall. You know, you lose you lose the people in the uh, in the worship team. The band's breaking up. It's like the Beatles are breaking up up here. I don't know what we're gonna do. This was a, winter, a season of winter in this ministry I was leading. It was going bad. People were leaving the church. People were unhappy. People were talking bad about different things. And there was this one guy who had, had a pretty good amount of influence within the fellowship, And if he would have just gotten up and gotten positive and said some good things, it could have stemmed the flow of the negativity and gotten things going in the right direction. But what he decided to do was to go around behind my back and start poisoning me to every single member that he could, talking bad about me, stirring up negativity, about me and about the church and about how terrible everything is happening and this this thing is falling apart and it's terrible and we need to get out of here and he's not a good leader and why, what's this church all about anyway? And just was spreading these negative, negative, negative things in the church. I wanted to kill him. How dare him? I knew this was just a temporary thing, like good times are temporary in the church, bad times are temporary in the church. The church will continue to do what it does, but it's not helping what you're doing here. And my perspective was, I'm angry, and I want to I wanna kill you. So I thought, well, maybe that's not the right answer. So <laughs> I decided to um, follow Jesus' example and went up on this mountain. And, and I said, I'm going up on that mountain. I'm sitting in this little, those, those little um, folded chairs like we use on the church services. I'm going to sit in this chair, and I'm not getting up. Until God gives me the answer I'm looking for. I went up there. I don't know how long I was up there. And I started off by saying, I hate him. Everything's going so bad. I don't understand this. This guy's messing me up. And I just kind of poured my heart out to the Lord about this guy. And then I just kept praying and kept praying and kept praying and kept praying. And eventually the answer God gave me up there was, you know, you need to act in his best interest. You need to do you need to do what's best for him, not what you feel like doing, not what you want to do, but what is best for him. So that took another couple hours of praying about what is best for him. <laughs> and here's what the Lord gave me is that I called him up. I said, I said, let's go. I'm going to come pick you up. I'm not going to kill you. Uh, I'm going to come pick you up. And I had two chairs in the back of my car this time and a thermos of coffee. It was early morning, and I drove, we drove up to that exact same mountain opened up the coffee, gave him a cup of coffee. We sat there. I asked him. We talked. I prayed. Uh, we prayed. And we worked it out. And crisis averted. He went from being an enemy to being a friend, helped work it out. And it transformed everything completely. So what I'm sharing that story to share is that if you need, if you need transformation, if you need that perspective that we're talking about, it's very important. Prayer, you can't get there without prayer. When you're when you're trying to forgive someone, you it's a change of perspective about that person, and you can't get there without prayer. If you're looking to change your attitude about about somebody at work, it takes a change, it's a spiritual event that can only happen through prayer. That's number two. Number one is be intentional, number two is prayer. Number three is practice. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. Uh, But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to to distinguish good from evil, right? Practice, 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 practice. If I have perspective in little things all day, every day, if in the little areas of my life I get perspective, then when the big things come up, it's going to be easier for me to gain perspective. God gives you, I promise you, God gives you dozens of opportunities every day to get perspective in your life. If you drive a car, God gives you dozens of opportunities every day to get perspective in your life. Instead instead of looking at the moments on the freeway and on the highways and on the the surface streets as, as a time just to get through, look at it as an opportunity to develop my perspective. I'm going to look at this differently than I did. And you start teaching yourself and learning yourself how to do that. Marriage in the little things. The little things in the marriage change your perspective. Little things that irritate you, change your perspective about it. Little things that scare you, change your perspective about it. God gives me opportunities every day at work to change my perspective. I work, I think as some of you know, as an author development coach, and I spend all of my day every day, almost all day every day, on the, on the phone with people who want to be authors. And... What I've learned in the last year of doing this is that there's a lot of people out there who think that their story needs to be told to the world. And that it's going to be a bestseller, and the world is going to love it. But I know that that's just not true. If they were to go through the effort of writing their book and putting it out there, and we were to promote it, there would be a few few people, ten people maybe, who would buy that book. Because people, the general public is just not interested in your story or my story, for that matter. And it seems a little self-centered to me for people. I think, you know, I think, how can you be so self-centered to think that, 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 that your, your story is going to be a bestseller? And I want to tell them that and, you know, grind them on that. But God has shown me, hey, that's an opportunity, Bob, for you to have a different perspective. That's Be kind, be sweet, be nice. Yes, you're going to have to let them down, but you can do it with kindness and gentleness and love, not harshness and anger like you're tempted to. So practice. Practice in the little things. Finally, number four, friends, counselors, advisors. The Bible says with many advisors, your plans will succeed. Oftentimes, in order to get a different perspective on a situation, you've got to get fresh eyes on a situation. You've got to talk to a counselor. You've got to talk to a trusted friend. You've got to talk to your minister. You've got to talk to your prayer partner, your family group leader, and kind of get open with them a little bit like what I did there with Nick and saying, you know, you know just kind of throw up all over the table. Here's everything that's going on, and then let them give you a different perspective because I couldn't have found that perspective without that outside help in that moment. So, friends, counselors, Advisors Get fresh eyes, and that will help you to gain perspective. So where do you want to break through? Your marriage? Your parenting? Some habit? A relationship? Your money? Your career? And I want to encourage you to enter the sanctuary of God. Change your perspective about that situation and find the victory. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, you are the one with the ultimate perspective in the world. The way that you look at things is the way that we need to look at things. But it's so easy, Father, to it's so easy, Father, to to lose perspective. The pain that we're in, the desires that we feel, the fear that we have, so easy to lose perspective. I pray that as we consider each one of these scriptures that we talked about today, God, that in whatever area that we're looking for a breakthrough in that you will give us the perspective that allows us to do that. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your patience with us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all are dismissed. Have a great day.